Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills, adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West. You feeling that, Mike? Get pumped up. Yeah. Boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. It's right out there. Trust me. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, again, as heard weekdays on Dr. Drew Midday Live with Mike Catherwood here in Los Angeles. Mike Catherwood. Hey, hey. Thank you so much for I had a... Um, a guest who will remain nameless, who was unavailable to be on my show, scheduling conflicts in a different, Tan Mom. In a different city, yada yada, that I subsequently saw at the Grove. Oh. The famous outdoor mall of- uh, Are you serious? It's a nice story, but I respect that this person- has a lot of things going on in their life professionally the yeah. and and promotionally, and I don't think that I imagine some other thing that was more important to them changed, and that changed their entire schedule. Yeah, and that when they ended here earlier than they uh, were intending to, they weren't gonna be like, "Oh my God, the Mike Tully show, that's yeah. great. We can put that back on the docket." They said, "I'm gonna go with my family to the Grove and spend some nice holiday time." I guess. So I appreciate you being my uh, Regis Philbin. I, I, I've been called that before. I'm the Cinnamon Regis. You're yeah, the Regis Philbin, as Regis was, and um, and Richard Simmons were to David Letterman. So you are to me. I'm sure most people listening to this listened to um, last week's show. I don't know if it's been a week since everybody heard it. Uh, it's so hard to tell nowadays. With you never know. The various ways, the various delivery mechanisms. But in case you don't know, we have been talking about the most 2017 stories of 2017. The stories that made 2017 the most 2017-iest year ever. Yeah. It, I mean, we can confidently say yeah, this is, is the most 2017-y <laughs> year we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. 96 came close, but... <laughs> So I hate to do this, yeah. but I arranged these chronologically, and where we left off is uh, Charlottesville. Okay. So that's a town. Pum- uh, that is small city. A uplifting story. I have been. I realized that should I have gone looking for the be- the biggest good news of 2017? Because yeah. I don't think there. That's sort of the nature of news, right? Like yeah. people don't. It doesn't. When good things happen, oh, I read some terrific news today. Okay, and this will be old news by the time many people hear this. But the baseball player Cole Hamill, Hamill, yeah. Hamill, right? I know he was a Philly when I was still paying attention. Cole Hamill, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I know he was a stud when I paid attention to baseball ten years ago. Uh, and I'm going to get this wrong, but do you know this? He got uh, traded to some team, and he bought his dream house, and then I think he got traded again. Oh. So he never used the ten million dollar dream house. So him and his wife just said, you know what? Fuck it. And they donated the house oh, to, to charity. Are you serious? Isn't that awesome? That is totally awesome. Yeah. Really, That's really ridiculous. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. He it's, just went up 9,000 points in my eyes. I didn't really have an opinion about that. Yeah. Guy. As far as I know, he's a crafty lefty. That's about all I know about the guy. Um, Beautiful head of hair. I know that. He has a gorgeous head of hair. It reminds me of a thing, and I would love to follow up on this because I think I know how it ended. At a certain point, 
Ted Turner committed $1 billion to charity. Mm-hmm. And that got a lot of press, but the the detail was that I want to say it was around 2006, 2006 and a half or so, and he said he was on a plane, and he was like, I don't want to say sitting there calculating his personal wealth, but that's kind of what it sounds yeah. like what he was doing, and he realized that without having done a thing business-wise, his personal wealth, I think, had gone from 2 to $3 billion strictly because of how well the economy was doing. Yeah. So he was like, I'm going to give away this found billion dollars. It really is. It's discovery. Yeah. It's a discovery of a billion dollars. But uh, the timing, I think, is important because I want to say that that was a big news story very shortly before the economy the collapse, melted down. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, – I wouldn't expect him to continue to make good on his billion-dollar pledge. Right. But uh, so, yeah. But either way, I mean – The thought – Yeah. I, I would say it's the thought that counts, but probably not if you're one of the people who could have desperately needed a piece of that billion dollars. I just, I think that I. It's easy to say if you're making eighty thousand dollars a year, forty thousand dollars. I mean, I I remember when I was first getting into radio and I had four jobs and I made twenty one thousand dollars a year and I did not know. I was married at the time to a girl who grew up really rich, mm-hmm. and I did not know how I was going to try to like make ends meet. Yeah. And it's so easy to say when I was in that position, man, if I ever had a ton of dough, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give a lot of it to charity. Yeah. But then you make what would at that time be considered a ton of dough. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no, I have a mortgage and I have a family now and yeah. I have a, a child that I have to right. think about their future. Mm-hmm. I have to think about my future yeah. because I work in a an incredibly volatile uh, industry. We may have lost our job since we've been sitting here. Right. And and so, like, it's just cra- – like, it, I know it sounds pablum to say, but, like, perspective changes everything. See, I thought about that because I've always w- considered myself a charitable-minded person and I think my my parents – it's very much like the Irish Catholic kind of way of looking at things is somebody, no matter how bad things are for you, somebody always has things worse than you. So yes. you should be so incredibly thankful for all the things that you have. And that's entirely true, but that sort of gets hammered into you maybe a little bit too hard. And I can already feel myself hammering that way too hard into my own child. So I do, I want to back up that talk with meaningful action, but like, I don't have any extra scratch, you yeah. know? So I start thinking about it. And I I go, okay, well, I'm going to have to obviously take care of little man's college. And so that's, I mean, I don't, I don't own a home. So, I mean, there's a couple of huge milestones I got to get past before I could think about being charitable. And, and then it occurred to me recently that there are so many people who um, exhaust their finances very quickly when they are at the end of life. Mm. So in a way, the only, like, sensible way for a person who is not Cole Hamels or a billionaire to give away money is just to put it in your will. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Just just run it up. Just run that tab up as hard as you fucking can and try to be as responsible as you can and in the end be like, hey kid, you know, you get like, I don't know, half a house or whatever you want to... And it, also, and, giving time though. Giving time, I think to me... Well, ha- I'm real busy. Yeah. I know I mean, you are. You, But you I'll legitimately to, are. I'll try to fit it. No, I'm... You legitimately no, are. I'm, but no, I'm kidding. I've got time. Everybody the idea time. of like, yes, do you and I have... $500 extra dollars to give away at the holidays? Probably not. But I could carve out a half a day to go serve meals to people in Venice. You know, I live in Venice. I could easily go out to the to the boardwalk and, like, give a handshake and a hug and, and a burrito to some dudes. And, and that might make a huge difference in their life, you know? 
Yeah, it's so hard. It really is so hard figuring out. I used to give when I was a kid. I was already as a young adult. I had. I, re- I remember the exact moment. I went out drinking with friends, and then we went to some Japanese restaurant late night afterwards in the East Village of New York. And I was sitting there shit faced at like three o'clock in the morning, eating a quail egg wrapped in bacon. Sweet. Which at the time I thought was like a delicacy. This is before I realized that any Vietnamese grocery store sells like cans yes. of 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 like uh, hard boiled quail eggs. But I I was like, I need to. I can't in good conscience eat get drunk and eat bacon-wrapped quail eggs in the middle of the night and not do something for as many um, poor people as there are in New York. Yeah. So I committed, and this is, um, I guess this is a humble brag, I committed to giving $20 per month to um, like a food for the for the homeless thing in New York. And a couple years later, I met some chick who worked in like uh, like the nonprofit sector, and she told me how notoriously corrupt the company, the charity was that I'd been giving the money to, and she said, you should see the, th- the parties that they throw. Right. And that, oh boy, does that make me angry. Yeah, To tough. think that somebody pocketed any part of the $20 that I had earmarked for, for poor people. But then walking around in the streets giving out cash is not a great idea either. So it is kind of challenging. Like Stuff. If, if you go to Venice and give burritos out to guys, they're going to appreciate the shit out of those burritos. But with all due respect to their plight, the... The beach bums in Venice are not the most sympathetic no. of the world's disadvantage. No, no, I mean, there's there's people in Syria right now being half of their families being torched, yeah. and they're gonna wonder how do I get by for the rest of the day. I mean, yeah, yeah it's it, but getting back to about the Irish guilt stuff, it's always important to point out that yes, no matter how bad you have it, there's someone who has it worse. I agree with that, and that's a great thing to remember. But then I, I don't like when people then say that, well, subsequently that means you can't feel bad about anything in your life because you're an American male mm-hmm. that has you know that has a good job. Yes. It's like, no, I'm, I also have problems. I mean, I, I'm, yep. this I should was, be capable of being depressed too, you know? This was the argument that I had with my dad, and I actually remember, I mean, a years-long argument with my dad, and I think we finally – we're able to respect each other's opinion because yeah. my dad's default thing if i go oh man this he goes well you know there's people who are blah 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 and i'd be like oh you're right you're yeah. right and it didn't it didn't help and then finally at a certain point during my angsty teens when i was a singer in like an emo band i was like other people have worse problems than me but my problems also stink they in, matter. Their, in their own way and, and he's they like, matter and he's like yeah yeah, okay, I can see that. And I was like, okay, Dad, we're good here. We never need to talk about this again. Yes, people have it worse than me, but yeah, right. And, uh, man, you don't need to spend much time at comedy clubs to hear how many, at least comedians, seem to think that the it's become a sort of reverse racism, witch hunt, what have you, on white males, that we are the, the, the cause of every single problem in right. the world, and we have it made, and clearly for many to most of us that is not the case there's plenty of desperately poor people in syria there's also plenty of desperately poor white people males yeah in america well it, it's funny that you know that's the the edict coming out of mostly a lot, a lot of times out of hollywood that's where it's most clear about the the kind of reverse racism being a real thing mm-hmm. um I've, I've had i've had people tell me to my face they're like you're the right person for this job you're not hispanic enough 
We need, we need. Well, what what role was it? It was you know, they, like host some show, musical you know? version of. No, it, well, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, trying out for chips in, in Dax Shepard's <laughs> chip. I, this was a a unscript. This was a hosting gig. Yeah, and they're like, you're better than the people we're gonna look for, but you, we need more Hispanic. My wife has been to, walked into an audition, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we, that's great, but we we need, we're going for diversity. Like before they heard her read, there, you know, so there is yes, it, but then again. I'll take that any day to like Jim Crow. You know, I, there's it, it's it's always like a perspective of it. Yeah. See, the first thing your situation that you described to me is like uh, there are, there are going to be shows that are aimed at a certain demographic, and there might be a you might be the greatest afternoon talk show host in the world, but if you can't appeal to, I'm led to believe afternoon talk shows, syndicated ones, cannot succeed unless um, black, women black women watch them. Yeah. So. If I'm producing that show sure. and, I, and I decide that you're not appealing to black women, I don't care how great you are on the microphone, Michael Catherwood. This wasn't this wasn't that type of show, but okay. you're exactly right. And yeah. and you know what? When they told me that, I come from the school of like, okay, I, dude, I'm glad you're I'm glad you were honest with me. It's your fucking show. Mm-hmm. Don't hire me because you don't want to hire. I don't care. I don't. Yeah, you don't I like don't care shoes. what who your cares? reason is. Right. It's your show. Hire who you want to hire. But mm-hmm. but there is the it, it is when it comes to diversity. When it comes to the idea of the burden of something. That reverse burden is a is a is a legitimate thing, at least in the entertainment industry. I don't yeah, know. yeah, it is a weird sort of Jim Crow thing where I'd say any young, almost any young person ensemble scripted comedy, there still remains in 2017, uh, the most 2017 year ever, uh, the token black friend. Yeah. Still, I see the billboard, and still, just like it was 1984, it's four. Pretty good looking, like two hot chicks, two pretty good looking dudes with scruffy beards, and one black dude being like, "These people are crazy." Yeah, yeah. I, can how, you believe them? And I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> These are my friends, yo. <laughs> and I know that that guy, and it's usually a guy, is super happy to get that job because yeah. that's a really, really good job, and that puts you on the map. And that, but like, you know what that is? Yeah, it's it's strange. I, and, I, and, I don't, and I don't know what it accomplishes either because, like, did anybody ever watch – like, did black people watch Facts of Life back in the day and go, I can't – Thank I God for Trudy. I, I don't know. But but, <laughs> then, it, but then again, Tootie seems to like them, so maybe I should give them Tootie, a chance. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lisa Turtle didn't bring in the black demo to Save by the Bell. <laughs> I think that is, I think that is <laughs> safe to say. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, and, and – uh, I would never expect them to do the opposite. I never watched – I mean, I, I watched Martin – in the 90s as a kid I loved it yeah I never once was like where's their white friend right like they bet I don't understand I was like yeah it's Detroit they're a bunch of black people like you know the Jeffersons had a, had a token white couple a British couple and they were yeah and and it was very unfair how they were portrayed yeah yeah I'm not like that no no, you are not. Speaking of unfair portrayals. I don't think human beings are like any human being that was, <laughs> was portrayed the, in 70s television. No, or on the Jeffersons, yeah. right. So, uh, yeah, speaking of unfair portrayals of white people and people of color, we come back where we started, too, Charlottesville. Charlottesville. I don't know that there's anything really to be said about this other than, for me personally, I think this was the thing that made me realize that Donald Trump has a very limited playbook. Both uh, as a, I don't know what he does behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I assume that there's some difference. Uh, the guy that we see on Twitter could not have built a successful business. No, so I assume that there is some sort of difference. But or be, by the way, uh, to, uh, not to interrupt, uh, or be a reasonably successful father. 
Like That's, his kids talk about that. You know, I don't know what how many nannies they had, but they talk about they do talk about him with a certain reverence. That if he was that guy on Twitter, that the legitimate reverence that his children show for him would not be real. It wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, that is what during the campaign run up, every person that we had on the Jason Ellis show who had been on like Celebrity Apprentice, mm-hmm. when you'd ask them about that, Tito Ortiz was like, "Fuck yeah, build the wall." Yeah, but every other one, which is ironic, but every other one just said. He's got a great family. Yeah, a judge man by his kids, and his kids are great. So, like I said, we I don't I don't know the guy. None of us know the guy. But it became clear to me, and it has remained clear to me ever since that if you are sympathetic to what Donald Trump stands for and is trying to accomplish, he will give you every benefit of the doubt and get angry at people who do not do the same. Mm-hmm. Be you uh, a white supremacist organization peacefully organizing with a permit, or um, a guy who rides a horse to a senate election (laughs) if you are somebody who is not sympathetic to 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 his views or his goals then you're a creep and we ought to look into you yeah the uh antifa and al franken yeah it's just that simple it's and, and it's 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 so frustrating to me that people still will try to parse his intentions and get angry fresh all over again every time he does something when he just he runs the fucking it's like handing the ball off between the guard and the tackle. He just does it over and over he does, again. That's and what he, he does. <clears throat> he, I think Twitter is so perfect for him because he does not have any subtlety. There's yeah. no, there's no recognition of nuance in his own life. Yeah. and Twitter is great for that. Yeah. You know? Let me see what. Let me see what the next bit of news was. Maybe it's something a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a feel good story. The uh, I'm going to say in September. Of 2017, the story picked up again, um, once again, fuel on the fire from our president uh, regarding NFL players kneeling during the national anthem. Yeah. I I, I'm, I, I have a very canned answer, and it, it sounds – but it's truly how I feel. I don't agree with the, me, the, the content of that protest, but protest in general is like one of my favorite things and my – my real feather in my cap about being an American is how we can assemble a protest and pretty much there's not a goddamn thing anybody could do about it no matter how much they dislike it I love the idea of protest and, and really being able to express yourself like that so you know in one way I I feel like if you're truly upset about uh, the interaction of law enforcement and African Americans that's your business and good, good for you I don't know if that was the best way of getting that message across and raising awareness for it. But I'm just such a fan of people having the courage to protest and exercise what I think to be like the baddest ass American kind of thing we have. I like where I think this story went. Ultimately, I saw that as a real rock in a hard place kind of thing where the president again painted them into a corner where you either back down so he can make fun of you for kissing the ring or you continue to, you know, inflame an already very inflamed situation. And, I just like I don't follow news cycles. I don't follow the specifics. Every time there's like a police shooting or something, there's always the guy who wants to call into the radio show to be like, "Well, actually, if you look at the video, there's the part where the guy reaches for you can see what he's doing with his <laughs> left ring finger." And I don't. I understand that people like that. I'm not that guy. I can't argue with that guy. I kind of just look at the bigger trends of what's going on. So I I don't know if I'm even correct about what I'm about to say. But I recall at a certain point the players' association sat down with the league and they're like, "What are we going to do here?" And at least one player with a prominent voice came out and said, if they can make that big of a stink every October, totally cynically, for breast cancer, we can have a month that is all about 
you know, uh, shedding light on uh, racial and civil injustices. Yeah. And if I'm a player, that is uh, that's peace that I can that I can walk away with holding my. Okay, I will stop kneeling because the league is going to shed so this like if you thought pink, you know, during breast cancer month was a lot. Wait till you see what we're going to do for this. And sure, I'll stop kneeling because now it's being addressed openly. I haven't heard anything about that since the day that I read that. I would I think that's that's peace with honor. Much like the president, I think that the NFL is just terrible at PR. They're just terrible at, yeah. at at representing themselves to the to the public. I mean, the president got this is a perfect example. There's an easy way out of this. He should have said what what any reasonable adult male would have said. I'm the president of the United States. What the NFL does, I could care less. I got a lot bigger fish to fry. You yeah. know, Colin Kaepernick's an American. Let him do what he want. The NFL figure it out. It's a business. I'm the I'm the president. But Trust that's me. not he, again. His playbook is so incredibly limited. His his playbook is, and I I it makes me so angry to see um, Democrats, liberals, whatever you want to call them, not exactly the same thing, just falling into the same trap over and over again. He wants to make things about um, you know personality yeah. politics, and he wants to paint the Democrats as the party who only like when he says bathroom law or whatever. Every Democratic politician should just be like. Yeah, I think you should be able to go to whatever bathroom you want. But that's not really what's important right now. Let's talk about the real the issues. The tax bill will affect yeah. everyone. Yeah, Let's yeah, talk- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, yeah. I think players should be able to kneel. I, I really, really do. And I think the majority of Americans probably agree with me. But that really is a very small issue that doesn't yeah. concretely affect anything. Let's talk about all the shit that really matters. And instead, I see Democratic politicians, really high-ranking ones that I'm led to believe are people who can run for president and win, go... We are all transgender today. And I go, yeah. oh, my God, that's exactly what he wants you to do to, the fire, identity. to fire up the shit kickers, the identity politics. Yeah. And it's true. I I would like to think that the Democratic Party, as someone who is more sympathetic to that party than the other party, stands for more than that. But that shit does seem – bathroom laws do seem to fire up both bases – more than the shit that actually affects, not not that it gets more fired up by the stuff that affects point one percent of the population, not the stuff that affects ninety nine point nine percent of the population. Yeah, and and it's like, where do you stand on this? And I'm going to decide if you're my guy or not. And and yeah, it really, I mean, it really. But you're right. I get so angry, and I'm not, I'm not a, a, a super liberal guy. I'm I, I'm re- relatively centric. But I do get angry when I see, like you said, they fall into the trap of mm-hmm. playing the game. I mean, and and he, because of that, he was able to convince mom and pop, regular Joe, that he is about them. And he is a man who had his plane, his private jet, with his name on it in gold plating. And he yet somehow was able to use, use all these little manipulative tricks to convince middle America that he's for them. And that's, you know, it's really admirable in in some regards too same with make america great again say what you, you could be the biggest anti-trump motherfucker on the planet that's a golden slogan it's fucking gold you know like yeah solid straight to the point you can't forget it right yeah i don't blame many many people who feel like both of the i read this really interesting st- statement observation that it's so much it's not about north south it's not about you know what what it's really about is cities versus everything else and the way that they put it is a doctor in new york probably has more in common in their life than a doctor in london yeah than the doctor in new york has with uh, a coal miner in pennsylvania hell yeah 
And so Donald Trump, everybody, of course, every politician goes to the Rust Belt and is like, we're jobs and we're this is the backbone of our of our of our country. But then you elect the person and they have to actually deliver on that. And I, I think that middle Americans and neglected feeling Americans, you know, the forgotten, the silent majority that Richard Nixon used to talk about and count on rightly surmised and and Trump supporters have told me this they're like I know this guy's an asshole I know this guy's full of shit but we get fucking ignored and taken for granted by everybody this guy yeah. is we're his base and Hillary Clinton his I, success depends on him delivering the things to us that he has promised us it's yeah. more than just talk Joe Biden's you know I'm from Pittsburgh and all and it's like well, Joe Biden, you're fucking 77 years old. I think if the Rust Belt felt that way about you, there would be more genuine yeah. enthusiasm for you. And Hillary Clinton, uh, in a, a small moment of, of clarity where she pulled back that curtain, is in you know rural steel town Pennsylvania saying, and we're going to invest all of our ability and all of our energy into uh, alternative sources of energy and 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 green uh you know green resources is the is the future yeah and there's these guys there that have been looking for a job since you know the 70s and the steel you know the steel mills closed going are you out of your fucking mind yeah like you just you just guaranteed i'm gonna vote for donald trump and once again this is how so many of the things that we talk about become these proxy wars well it's like what 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 are we talking about when we're even talking about climate change yeah very often is is okay so coastal elite dickhead Barack Obama loving motherfucker you just told me that you care more about hypothetical scientific shit that might happen to your children's children than you and people on the other side of the world who are affected by hurricanes and shit like that in third world countries you care more about that than you care about me losing my job right. in my house right here right now and I totally understand where people are, are angry about that. Totally agree. I'm getting angry thinking about how angry everybody is at everybody for such stupid shit. Oh, uh, anger! And why can't we? Why can't we just talk, man? It doesn't. It, well, I think we do. Uh-huh. I think honestly, I think a lot of Americans do. It just doesn't get put on this insane 24-hour news cycle. Yeah, I imagine you're right. Well, here is finally something that has. Just about no political implications looking at the 2017 stories of the year. I want to say it could have picked anywhere in the year. It was um, this month, December, where Bitcoin really popped mm-hmm. into the mainstream. And I knew that it had really made the leap when the little like um, clickbait banner ads went from reclusive millionaire makes statement about stock market with some stock photo of some guy that was probably really from a Rogaine ad or something to (laughs) Bitcoin genius has two weird pieces of advice and all of a sudden it would have like a a guy who looked like an extra from Revenge of the Nerds in the picture. Right. And I was like, wow, this is this is it. This has gone Fox News mainstream. I I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. Uh -uh. I I have zero clue what's going on. This ought to be a very fruitful conversation because neither do I. And I and I I this is like the side of me that's very old fashioned. I, I every once in a while stumble across my really old fashioned ways, but I just have no I feel zero safety investing any money into a digital entity. Despite knowing that our financial system itself is sort of illusory and Mm -hmm. based on confidence, but nothing else. But there's, there's, I mean, there is cash against it. You can sit there and (laughs) say, like, yeah, but that's worth a million dollars. Yeah, it's just so crazy to me that something could be hacked and taken away from you. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but hey, that's probably the future. I have a general rule that I try not to buy things I can't even understand. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have sat out the Bitcoin thing. And it becomes more and more excruciating because I felt like I was so late to the game. And even when I was like, oh, maybe I should just, you know, you know get a little. It's sextupled since then. Yeah. But, I mean, it certainly feels bubbly. It doesn't mean it is. You know, uh, Amazon.com has felt bubbly for, you know, 30 <laughs> years now. Um but I am reminded of there's a famous story. I don't know if it's true or not, where like um, a Rockefeller is like at a hotel in the late 20s and the kid who is shining his shoes gave him a stock tip. And he knew that was when he had to pull out of the stock market. Right. Because if even the shoe shine boy knows the real inside scoop of what you gotta be doing here, then that means um that you know it's before so that, overinflated, that yeah. comes the fall. Yeah, I, I I it's all scary to me. I gotta be honest, it's all kind of scary to me. I, uh-huh. I, I that is that is the first sign of where I actually buy into the um the, what's the Terminator company? You know, the oh, uh, yeah, uh, Dyson or Dyson? Uh, yeah, Jesus, everybody's yelling at their radio right now. Either way, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that this. Bio, I want to say biogenesis. That's the steroid. <laughs> <laughs> now you're speaking my language. No, um, <laughs> that's the first um sign of it where I actually buy into like, well, we're gonna we're allowing way too much control to get out of our human hand. You know? Yeah, it's funny because we're we're going through all the stories of the year, and there is a I'd say a, a a real credible chance that the story of the year is this is when the the um the cyber robot takeover, whether or not it looks like Terminator, actually really begins to take hold. Earlier in the year, there was a story about how these two supercomputers developed their own language with mm-hmm. each other and started communicating. Yeah. Oh, beyond the control of the scientists who designed them. Yeah. I mean that you know it's it's some pretty space age kind of kooky stuff. And man. then there was a story going around recently about how they're predicting, and these predictions are worthless, but it's interesting to contemplate that AI will become a religion. Yeah. For America, for 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 people, for humans, because we instinctively revere things that are smarter than us. Yeah. And it once it gets, I mean, can you imagine? It's. It's so fun to try to even imagine something that's a thousand times smarter than you. Like, what are we a thousand times smarter than? Our children. <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, sometimes I talk to my daughter and I'm like, yeah, your, your brain's a grape. Isn't it really sad? Did you ever think about what would happen if they had to fend for themselves? It's one of the, it, it can it's, make, I, it's I could summon tears. Heartbreaking. If I needed to, to cry, like, on camera, yep. I would just try to imagine what would happen if, uh, if, if my kid just woke what, up on his own. Tomorrow. One of my closest friends' parents both died instantly in a car accident when he was five. And I, and I, I'm just like, what? I can't imagine if, like, my daughter, who's, who's only three, but, I mean, your son's five, right? For a couple more days. Yeah, it's, I just can't imagine if, like, just all of a sudden he was on his own. I know. And he and he's a Korean immigrant who had, I, he was on his own. It was like, there was no one around. There's no grandma and aunts. Oh, my God. What, did he just go into the system? Yeah. and But he, you know, he's good now. I mean, eventually Koreans moved here to be mm-hmm. with him, and, and it all worked out in the long run. But I just, yeah, I, I it's heartbreaking to think, like, children... It, it's no wonder why the survival rate for humans was so much different prior to technology. You know, like, yeah. it, like really, children are very delicate, very dumb, 
little things. Yeah, it's amazing. It's truly amazing that we've made it this far. You would think that we human beings would have to be one of those like uh, like the turtle, uh, like what well, you know as animals that has like a thousand babies at a time. Yeah, you think the only way that we could have lasted would have been being one of those. Well, no, it's because animal all other animals are stupid as fuck. I like really dumb. Mm-hmm. And we we give far too much rever- Americans in particular give far too much reverence to other animals. I love my dog. I love horses. Mm-hmm. But all animals outside of that are a hate us and are dumb as fuck. <laughs> like really say, stupid. When you say they hate us. I have a feeling that I, I got attacked by a cow a couple times and in Oh, okay. So this who, is personal. And and just like you know as well as I do if a house cat gained 85 pounds of pure muscle it would fucking murder every human around it <laughs> uh-huh. i just don't think that i think that if they could other animals would murder humans they don't like us except for horses and dogs except which i truly decided it's better to join us than i think i think they truly like us and in, in interaction with us but outside of that yeah. I, i'm i'm an, i'm anti-animal dogs are interesting because wolves don't like us no and they dog, do not and dogs are wolves yeah so is there another animal that we could just uh, coddle and 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 uh, selectively breed enough to love us. I wonder with certain types of like chimps and stuff because there's right. type types of monkeys yeah. that you definitely can't fuck with. Like you can't even be in the same room; it mm-hmm. will destroy you. Yeah. But just like one butt hair of DNA away from that, there's another type of monkey that is all playful and on friends. You know, until, like, the, until the day that it gets a couple of wires crossed and rips off your genitals. Yeah. No, uh, b- that's yeah. That, that's where that ends. That's a, I mean chimpanzees are far underrated as far as terrifying. Everybody talks shark, tiger. Uh-huh. The chimpanzee is like 300 times stronger than the strongest human man and they're little and compact and they're angry and they're mean. Yeah, and they they, they make terrible pets. Cuz <laughs> it's like it, cuz you do have to give up on them at a certain point or else there's a very good chance they will rip your face and your genitals off. That that f- Imagine if you raised your child and 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 loved it. ripped my dick off? Well, and then at one one day you said I I just need to sever all ties with you, kid, because otherwise you you I can already see the change starting yeah. to begin in you and you're going full Caesar on me. Well, there's kind of a there's kind off. of a weird thing like that when you have sons. I mean, I I always thought about like like Brock Lesnar's parents because uh, you know I remember the day when I realized I could easily beat the shit out of my dad. Okay, and it changes things. You know, like it changes things dramatically. It, at least just in the in the unspoken alpha male kind of like uh, primal way. What happens when Brock Lesnar's like twelve and he can just murder your entire family? Like, that, how do you know you have this crazy Viking boy? Like. It's got to be strange. I'm assuming his dad's kind of diesel in his own right, right? It's got to be. Right. Yeah, he's got to be. That is a weird thing about raising a boy is uh, moms love their sons a lot. And uh, I remember talking to my dad before my – I don't even know if my wife was pregnant yet. And – oh, I I remember I said I didn't want to get a dog because I was like right now – she loves me, and I mean, I don't need her world to revolve around me, but she's very, very fond of me, and, 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 and we take good care of each other, and that means she takes very good care of me. Mm-hmm. And someday, she's going to have a child, and she's going to completely forget that I exist, and I'm going to become like, you know, the, the bronze medalist right. in, in, in my own home, <laughs> and I don't need to speed that process up by bringing a dog in now, and this is just... One of these things your parents say that you realize is coming from the heart, and he's like, "It's pretty good that you recognize that now." Yeah, which was speaking to decades of maybe I think he was emotionally unprepared for me coming along. Yeah, my mom being like, "Okay, uh, uh, kind of black widowing him, like you've served your purpose. Yeah, now go to the store and get me some milk." It's sad to say, but I think I got 
like a callous introduction into that world by just my family of origin where very clearly my dad was last in line mm-hmm. you know and it's just what it was it was like i earn the money mm-hmm. i keep my mouth shut you guys can have emotions and stuff and that that's just the way the dynamic was like, yeah and mom can deal with me and, and yeah uh, and I'm still running my house, but from, I mean, nobody's running my fucking house. It's not, you know, it's the modern world, but like, I'm still the man. Yeah. I'm not the man of the house, but I'm the man in the house because my child, as you said, is a moron. Yeah. You know, he can't do a goddamn thing for himself, but that baton will be passed and it definitively did- and kind of soon-ish. It's, I wonder how quickly that baton and and, and differently the baton gets passed because- you and I both have wives who have jobs and careers and, mm-hmm. and lives of their own. Mm-hmm. And, and and not just like, hey, w- this is a way to earn extra bread. Both of our wives have jobs that they love and believe, yeah. like they have passion. It's in a their, huge part uh, of their identity and, as our work is for us. And I did not grow up in that world. Right. I don't, I, not only did I not have that with my mom, I didn't know anyone whose mom, maybe their mom had like a part-time job, but hardly anyone I knew. And that wasn't to say that, like, oh, I grew up with the Rockefellers. I mean, my friends whose dads were cops. Yeah. Their mom didn't work. You They're... and I grew up in very, very yeah. similar I None of the moms that I knew worked, except for there was, like, one divorced lady. So, obviously, yeah. she had a job, and she was, like, the scandal of the town because she was a single mom. <laughs> and then the dads all had jobs, but I don't think anybody had a job that they were, like, super passionate about. Yeah. It was just what they what they did. And that will be my, my consolation is that I— I think that when my dad lost control of his home, his days just alternated between going to a job that, all things being equal, he would prefer to not go to, sure. and coming back to that. Yeah. At least, I, you know, assuming we haven't already lost our jobs, I still have a place to go where <laughs> I feel valued. <laughs> uh, the radio is like that, man. People, I think people think it's like, oh, you know, Crimea River. But radio really is like that, where it's like, well, I'm going to show up to work one day and... That's the way it ends. Locker. That's the way it ends for almost, for almost everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's you. You've been a tremendous success if you actually get to retire on your, on your own terms. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got way more of these net neutrality. I don't know. I still don't know what. I, don't, I mean, I, I get what everybody says. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I actually understand what the real truth of it is. Don't know. Don't don't care much because I, I don't know enough. All mm-hmm. I do know is that like people are are, are insistent that they're they, they we can't allow these companies to have a a lack of balance in the marketplace. I was like, that's how all jobs and industries work, though. What do you mean? They they say, well, it'd be unfair if if they're able to give faster, if if some rich guy is able to get quicker internet connection just because he's willing to pay more. I go, that happens in all life, though. I I didn't think that was what this was about. I don't. Here's what I can say. Yeah, and I, I feel pretty strongly about this. Is there are certain things people will go to bat for. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has a strong opinion about, um, you know, abortion or or, sure. or religion or what have you. But like, people got rid of new Coke in a weekend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I just feel like if it is as bad and. Granted, you would rather um, not have to put the animals back in the barn or whatever the you know the the uh, metaphor is. You'd rather just keep them penned up in the first place. But if on January second they can't get on Facebook, or you know Facebook wants to charge you ten bucks a month, or Comcast wants to charge you ten bucks, I mean, people it, will it, make it a will you know, it'll, it'll be like uh, like like Rodney King <laughs> throughout yeah. the throughout the world. Like people will not stand for it. So I kind of 
say we just cross that bridge when we come to it. I, I, yeah, that's a very, very good point. And you're right. When it matters to people, it's, it's incredible, especially Americans. It's incredible the stink we can raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very disappointing though the way that um, that that the um, who the fuck r- runs the the guys who passed net neutrality who's the it's not the faa they're planes fcc no, fcc uh, yeah. yeah 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 the guy made like a video taunting people who are critical of net neutrality like god damn this happened fast to our politics really 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 fast it, I, I think we're starting to see uh, pretty much exclusively in american politics a lot of people who did not go through the normal process of learning how to deal with society mm-hmm. you yeah. know what i'm saying like it's almost like every one of our politicians is the tech geek where you're like, why? Well, that guy can't hand, he can't make small talk at all. I, well, do you have no awareness of how this is going to be? How people are going to receive this message you just gave out? I here? think they know they just don't care. And I don't. And uh, that guy, whatever the, his uh, Ajit, I forget. I don't yeah. care. He, uh, I think he's an Obama appointee. So anybody who wants to, you know, oh well, Trump White House, blah blah. blah. Oh, but what about? But what about Obama? Put him there. I, I don't care. <laughs> it's just it's so shitty. It's so annoying. It is. It's so childish. <laughs> I was. I like I've said this a million times in the middle different a million different contexts, but I like being an adult. I like being a young person, but I feel like many people our age nowadays are trying very hard to hold on to their youth. I embraced youth when I was young, and now I embrace becoming an adult, and it is so fucking disappointing to me that when I am finally I'm forty years old, I'm a real there's I'm not a kid. I'm a I'm an adult. There is not a real mainstream adult world in which to participate. It's true. I'm ready for it, baby. Yeah. I'll join the fucking Elks Club and, you know, I'll be a Mason and I'll, uh, you know, the Rotary. And yeah, Don, be... Don Draper would not fit in in 2017. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, yeah. Perhaps the most 2017 story of the year was the twists and turns of the Keaton Jones bullying yeah. video. That is that and the next story. And actually, I'll give you both at the at the same time because they're just so of the moment and of the now. The uh, Kentucky lawmaker Dan Johnson took his life following assault allegations against a 17-year-old. Yeah. And um, just before taking his life, he wrote, among other things, fake news on Facebook. Well, then why'd you kill yourself? I mean... Uh, Okay, his story, I think, is he also tied it into September 11th, which sounds comical. Yeah. But I think his story, and who am I to judge... Another man's reality was that he had been, oh, I think he was a pastor or something, mm-hmm. and he ministered to a bunch of people in the immediate aftermath of September 11th and said he could never unsee the things that he had seen and he had PTSD. I'd buy that. But... I don't know. I don't know. Again, this guy is hitting a lot of uh, of, of really big hashtags for yeah. 2017 society. You know, 9-11, PTSD, fake news, Facebook, but- I th- I think what he was getting at in his statement is I didn't do it, and you guys are destroying an innocent, God fearing man. But if I did do it, well, I had this horrible experience trying to help people in the aftermath of a national tragedy, and it fucked me up. And I started drinking a lot. Right. And one night when I was drunk, who really? I probably did something a little untoward, grabbed a boob or something on like a 17-year-old girl, and you're destroying me over that. Yeah. So I didn't do it, but if I did do it, then I kind of had uh, extenuating circumstances. It's <clears throat> it's a weird—this is such a powder keg of a story because <laughs> I, know. I don't want to sound like I'm 
tacitly endorsing any of this. No. But we can't. We don't, can our we, opinions don't matter. Can We're just we talking. at all have the ability to have the conversation that uh, giving your phone number to a 17-year-old girl is wildly different than fucking a 14-year-old girl in a hot tub. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. the 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 yeah. idea that just because someone is at that time underage when you did anything, mm-hmm. you are now a pedophile. It's like, well, no. Uh-huh. You guys are creep. No, a pedophile is uh yeah, I think I know what a, a pedophile is somebody who has sex with uh children. Jared from Subway's a pedophile. Yes. And and this you're like Roy Moore and everything. Like I I I despise Roy Moore. I think it's dis- despicable this mm-hmm. the idea that he would get so into young underage chicks that he got kicked out of a mall. But he was a thirty-year-old guy who was hitting on high school chicks, mm-hmm. a creep. Yeah, yeah. he's. Yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? People are. It's like everything that is "quote unquote" happening to underage girls. You are in this new category. And I was like, well, it's really not the same. And this is again how the left um, does themselves such a disservice every time they call Roy Moore a rapist. Now there is the one allegation of the fourteen-year-old girl took her into the woods, put her hand yeah. on his dick, or something like that. But that's setting aside that one allegation. The the um the basic thrust of it is hitting on teenage girls. Yeah, and I think that most sensible people, like if you're if you were a parent and your twenty seven year old son was like, I don't know, hitting on a seventeen year old waitress, you'd be like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Turn it out, you fucking grow up, you piece of shit." What? I, that is exactly if what I do. If your twenty seven year old son was trading. Images of nine-year-old naked kids on the internet. You would turn them into. I'd have the, to turn them in. You turn them into the authorities. Yeah. So we clearly need some sort of different, different word or, or or something because when you lump them in, you you play into the hands of the reactionary right wing media, which is like I'm not going to defend his actions, but calling him a pedophile just goes to show how uh what lunatics you guys it's like calling al franken a sexual predator i know you know it's like no not really i know he's guy doesn't get it maybe but he's not it's not let's not get overboard some other guy had to resign because he maybe there's more to it that i don't know but he he couldn't conceive with his wife and he propositioned like a couple of political aides to be their surrogate mother Oh my god! And I'm like, wait, there's more to this. There's got to yeah. be more. I mean, I don't know. Did he like come in like doing helicopters with his dick? <laughs> you know, like who wants a piece of this? Yeah, who's gonna have my baby? I don't know. But uh, these things are these things are not all equal crimes, and so they it demands a degree of subtlety in discussing them. And neither the people who discuss things online nor the mechanisms they use, Facebook, Twitter, etc., allow for subtlety. I got propositioned to have someone's baby when I was like twenty. Four years old. It's hot. Some chick at the gym that I barely knew. Mm-hmm. She took me to get coffee, and she's like, "Look, I need to talk." And she was forty-two at the time, and yeah, for, she's like, "I'm successful in my professional career." And uh, you're, one thing you're I want, pr- your prime man meat. I get it. One thing I want as a child, and I was, and I, and I said, and I quote, "Do I get to fuck it into you?" And her whole face changed, and she was like, uh, "We'll discuss the matter of." Did that make her not want your baby anymore? I think so. I turned her down anyway. She's going to give me $25,000. Wow. I know. Which at the time was yeah. double, I like would have equaled my yearly income. Yeah, life-changing. I, I was uh, in at one point somewhat advanced talks to um, to marry someone to keep them in the country. Nice! Yeah. A dude? This was a different world. I worked at a restaurant, and there was all these nice guys. Where the fuck were they from? 
oh, Croatia, you know, that kind of. And um, and yeah, somebody had a cousin and they're like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I, you know, uh, sure. I don't, I don't know. Maybe nowadays I would I'd be, be way more prone to do that than have someone's baby. Well, the problem with that is they they said you you're going to have to keep this charade up for a couple of years. Three, I think. Like, yeah, they really will check on you. And I don't know. The thing just kind of yeah. fell apart. But I, I'm just I'm game for my gay friend. Uh, he's Chinese. He's married to Chinese women uh-huh. for just strictly for citizenship. They, he's like yep. very gay, <laughs> but he can't build a wall for that. <laughs> so uh, Keaton Jones, like everybody knows, he put the video up. <clears throat> very touching, still a very eloquent statement as a standalone, mm-hmm. vi- you know, Facebook clip as eloquent as Facebook is ever going to get. But then the mom has the Confederate photos, but she's she legitimately that- pretty. Pretty, pretty dicey. She says that they're a joke, <clears throat> but then there was the thing where supposedly she's communicating with an MMA fighter about Joe a, Schilling about a, a, a GoFundMe account and says uh, us whites need to stick together. Except that that I think has mostly been debunked. That whether or not that was actually her and that was her Facebook profile, and then people start bullying. I mean, the word is people are, are attacking her. Yeah. People were were drawn to the story because they felt badly for this kid having pressures that a child shouldn't have to put up. No, with. absolutely not. And then they created them one one hundredfold. Uh, and the mom may not have been quite as evil as the media made her out to be, except once again we have a, a 180 reversal, which is that the father of the child is a white supremacist who's currently in jail. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I. My my conclusion on this story was I am just going to take that video of Keaton mm-hmm. and completely cut out all the ex the the extra fat around it like the mom and the dad in jail and and I look at it and I watch it and it, and it I, is a very potent reminder that we shouldn't treat people a certain way that we should there's a there's a reason why it's important to treat people. With dignity and respect, and that's it. That's uh-huh. it. I, I just have been able to divorce myself from every other aspect of it and watch it and go, wow, that kid is really suffering. Let's remind ourselves that it's important to treat each other with, with dignity and respect. Well said. That's pretty much the year in news. We did not even get to talk about the Mayweather-McGregor fight. I don't know if that really has any meaning. not a lot to talk about. But- I, you know, especially on both, in you and I in our exclusive worlds, in our mutual world, we talked about it so um, Usher's STD lawsuits. Kevin Hart confesses to cheating to avoid internet blackmail. <laughs> One of several uh, um, celebrities who, or this is a new age of, used to yeah. be that Inquirer would, would blackmail you with stuff, and now I think you're going to see more and more people going, look, this is what I did, because I'd rather you hear it from me where I can kind of control the narrative. Keep in your pants, and everything will be okay. We did not talk about, it looks like there were like uh, uh, four major hurricanes, uh, the eclipse, and our president looking straight into it. There were, um, of course, uh, regrettably several terrorist events. Kathy Griffin ruined her career in the dumbest way possible. And blames everybody everybody else now. And uh, through it all, one of the most um, streamed videos or clicked on stories of the year was April the giraffe giving birth to a baby. It's pretty sweet. I didn't see it. But um, a lot of goo. 
that's <laughs> that's as happy a story <laughs> as I've gotten out of the list, so let's just go out with that one. Mike Catherwood, thank you again. Thank you as always. It is my pleasure, man. And uh, happy holidays to you and yours and to everyone who's listening to this. And uh, you're at Mike Catherwood. Yep, on Instagram, on Twitter, all the fun stuff. I'll see you there. <laughs>